You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. So, Steve, did Ava Gardner and Howard Hughes have a good relationship? Well, they did until he dislocated her jaw. What? Well, don't worry. She hit him back with an ashtray. From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Spend less time staying in the know about all things gaming and more time actually watching and playing what you want with the IGN Daily Update Podcast. All you need is a few minutes to hear the latest from IGN on the world of video games, movies, and television with news, previews, and reviews. So listen and subscribe to the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. That's the IGN Daily Update wherever you get your podcasts. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil and this is the final episode of our special Oscars tournament. We had two great episodes where six competitors tried their best to get to today's final and uh, we have our finalists today, and we will get to them in just one moment. But I uh, have to introduce our very special guest host who has written all the questions for all three games and is looking very dapper today, and that is Ryan Myers. How are you, Ryan? I am well, and I'm feeling dapper today. Well, good. I, I am glad you're feeling dapper, and I am super excited to uh, do these finals today. Uh, the first two rounds were pretty difficult, and I think you're still going to be bringing uh, some difficult questions in the final here, but... Uh, any expectations? Uh, is it going to be an upset? Is it going to be uh, a strong win uh, like any Oscars uh, ceremonies? What are you thinking? Right now, this final is a lot like the supporting actress race a few months ago where nobody really knows who's going to win. I agree. We don't know who's going to win, but we know all the performances are spectacular. We're going to find out who's our Yo Jong Yoon, who's our Glenn Close, and who's our Amanda Seyfried. Well, whoever Glenn Close is, they're long overdue for a win, so I'm not going to say who that is because I don't know. I will Because this will be released, I will call it now. Glenn Close will finally win her Oscar when they film the musical adaptation of Sunset Boulevard. Ooh, I love that take. Uh, all right. Well, our first competitor uh, was the winner of Game 2 coming to us from Pittsburgh, and that is David Fudor. How's it going, David? Neil, great. Glad to be back. Um, I really appreciated Ryan asking me a few of the things I actually know about the Oscars, but he had uh, great questions in the uh, semis, and I, uh, I'm a little terrified of what he's got in store in the final for us. Well, I think you'll be okay. You put in a great performance in the uh, second game. Well, thank you very much for being here. Uh, our next competitor was the winner of game one, and uh, coming to us from Toronto is Sean Bernstein. How's it going, Sean? Hey, it's uh, great to be here. I'm absolutely petrified. I've been trying to study up, but you know, no clue. We're going to take so long deliberating, it'll actually take longer than one of the ceremonies. So that's my concern, is that we'll be here till like a good, you know, 1, 2 a.m. my time. But we'll see. Well, there always is the Vanity Fair after party that we can all congregate towards. So it'll be worth it. And what's happening after the after party? Uh, I think then we go to Elton John's and then we go to In-N-Out. And... I believe it's the hotel lobby. Mm. Amanda knows. Not where. about four. You got to quit the lobby, though. Come on. Oh, that's right. 
<laughs> and that was Amanda, our wild card entrant today, uh, who had eight points in game one, uh, securing her spot here for today. So how do you feel, Amanda, uh, being in the finals? Um, I feel like a lot of the statements you just said were not maybe true for my performance. Uh, did I do my best to get here? No. Did I accidentally end up here? It's kind of like my Meryl Streep takes on into the woods role. I'm, I have no idea how I got here, but I'm here. So I'm going to have a great time. And I just want to shout out, uh, the folks at Henry Winston who have provided me with my necklace that I'm wearing this evening. It is very, very nice. I see it's over a WandaVision shirt, and uh, Vidal Sassoon himself uh, looks like curled the top of your hair, so all ready for tonight. Yes, and uh, just as in normal Oscar fashion, I did forget to thank my hair people last episode, so um, this is a shout-out to Jenny and Audrey. Thank you so much. Thank you for uh, shouting out those who help us get ready for the biggest award shows. Uh, Well, we have our competitors uh, they are ready to go. Uh, you as listeners are ready to go. But before we start, I'm actually going to say thank you one more time to our Patreon supporters at the top of this episode. Uh, just because uh, you make these things possible, uh, the ability to do all these bonus episodes and different tournaments and to have great voices like Ryan Myers on here to write his questions and uh, provide us uh, just with his charming personality. So thank you, all of our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to join Everyone else, you can go to patreon.com slash trivialitypodcasts and uh, help support the show. So thank you once again. Ryan, feel free to take it away. Uh, all right. Um, this final I have done is 20 questions. So, number one, whose name was in the envelope during the whole La La Land Best Picture fiasco? I'm talking about the first envelope if we want to get pedantic. Locked in. I'm locked in. I'm locked in. All right. That sounds like a triple lock. Um, David, let's start with you. Uh, if I remember correctly, this was Warren Beatty and Faye Dunaway, and I think they got confused because the actress from La La Land was in the, in the envelope. I'm going to say Emma Stone. And Sean? Yep. I am also going to say Emma Stone. And Amanda? Uh, that's three stones in the fountain. Each one seeking a point. <laughs> You are correct. It is Emma Stone. Emma Stone, for a brief moment, herself was the best picture of the year. Uh, Number two, what man with 39 nominations and 11 wins for art direction or now production design was the man who made the sketch of what the Oscar statuette should look like? My face of horror means I am tapping out. All right, David, what are you thinking? I'm thinking I'm wrong, but I will just guess Walt Disney. One Walt Disney and Amanda. Um, I tried to do a little bit of studying about these kind of things, and I think his last name is uh, Stanley. So I'm going to just say Stanley. I'm going to do the Jeopardy rules. No points on this one. The answer here is Cedric Gibbons. Cedric Gibbons. He designed all your good sets throughout the years. Yeah, and up until 2016, all made in Chicago. I did not know that, but that is fascinating. Mm -hmm. Um, Number three. Who is the only person to have been twice nominated for writing, directing, and acting for a single film? So they got a writing, directing, and acting nomination for a film, and then they got a writing, directing, and acting nomination all for a different film as well. I'm locked in. I'll lock in. I'm going to lock in. Alrighty, um, Sean, you go first. I'm going, I was thinking Stallone, but I don't think Stallone would have gotten it twice. I'm going to wager a guess and say Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood and Amanda. I believe this is Warren Beatty. And David. 
Oh, I agree with the first answer. I was going to say Clint Eastwood. Points will be scored here, doing it in 1978 and 81 for Heaven Can Wait and Reds. It is Warren Beatty. He ended up winning his director Oscar for Reds. Number four. What film took up 60% of the supporting actress nominations in 1963, with Diane Salento... Dame Edith Evans and Joyce Redman all eventually losing out to fellow countrywoman Margaret Rutherford for the VIPs. I'm going to lock in. I'll lock in. Okay, well, I'm trying to think of some of those movies at that time that would have had like a lot of women in them. Of course, I don't think they're the timing is right. Um, I'm going to just say Anna and her sisters, even though I know that's not right. All right. And David. I think I know this one. I don't think it's the biography of the uh, singer, but I think it's Tom Jones. And Sean. I was going to say, it's not unusual uh, because I think we just talked about one of the other stars of the film, but I think it's Tom Jones. Winning Best Picture that year, it is Tom Jones. Number five. How long is an Oscar speech supposed to be according to the timer nowadays? The more famous people don't get played off quite as quickly. I think there's, I want to say, I think it's 45 seconds before the music starts playing. So I'm hoping that's the answer. So I'm going to say 45 seconds. And Sean? I'm going to Patty Duke this one and just say two words, 45 seconds. And Amanda? (laughs) Also 45 seconds. Points across the board, 45 seconds is correct. Uh, That is question number five. We are a quarter of the way through the game. Uh, Senor Fisher. Well, uh, it is surely the final because all of our competitors are very good this episode and they are neck and neck with each other with three points apiece. Um, All right. Question number six. Speaking of 45 seconds, what best actress winner of the 1940s gave a record five and a half minute acceptance speech, which began the institution of a time limit? She earned five nominations that decade. I'm thinking I should have paid attention on the page I was studying where it had 45 seconds and then there was a, there was an answer that was for longest speech and I can't remember it. Um, I'm trying to think of actresses from that time period who would have given long speeches. I don't think that's right. I'm just going to lock in with Betty Davis. Betty Davis. Over to Sean. I think if you listen closely, the speech is still going on somewhere. Uh, it was Greer Garson for Mrs. Miniver. And Amanda. I agree. Greer Garson. For Mrs. Miniver, Greer Garson is absolutely correct, who, if I can just be so humble and unopinionated, is the single most overrated actress of Oscar history. Maybe only after... No, no, no. Norma Shearer is worse. Norma Shearer only got roles because she was married to Irving Thal. Hot take. Amanda, do you have thoughts on that? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I have no thoughts. Amanda's in a glass case of emotion right now. <laughs> yeah. I do remember working at a coffee shop once and someone had the name Greer uh, for their order. And I said, oh, like the actress, Greer Garson. And they looked at me like they had no idea what I was talking about and that I ruined their day. So I guess she she didn't help out in that respect either. Well, she doesn't deserve Pam Greer either, who should have won Best Actress for Jackie Brown. All right. um, We're going to go to number seven. What was the name of the nightclub destroyed by a fire that gave its name to the harrowing documentary nominated this year for both documentary feature and international feature? Stumped faces for the first time this game. The only nightclub fire I remember was in the States, and that's why it's throwing me. I'm sure there have been others, but it's not the one that was about 20 years ago. It wasn't White Snake playing. It was the other band that I can never Great remember. White. That You're thinking like of the Station Nightclub Fire? There we go. 
There we go. Well, actually, I'm guessing is not it because he just fed it to me. So I, I'm sure there's been others, but I don't have it. So I've got a tap. I'm sorry. All right, we have tapped. David, what are you thinking? Oh, I have no idea. I'm going to say Studio 54. <laughs> Beautiful answer. Um, Amanda, over to you. Um, I think I was lucky enough to listen to a, uh, I don't want to plug another podcast, but I do love uh, listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour, and they like to break down a lot of the small categories, and they just did documentary. And I believe uh, this is The Collective. It is the Romanian nominee this year. It is Collective. Um, If you have a Hulu subscription, you can watch it uh, there. It's uh, it's if you're a big fan of films like All the President's Men or Spotlight or anything that follows journalists uncovering muck upon muck upon muck, you will love that film um, because it's also a documentary. Um, very, very, you know, tough watch at times, but very, very beautiful and also enraging. So, Ryan, we need a Canadian translator for your Hulu offers because we can't get it up here. Well, so we sort of- um, if you marry me, I can get you a green card. And you can get Hulu. That's one hell of a I'm a witness. I'm a witness. <laughs> David's a lawyer, so we, it's all good. This is a Shakespearean betrothal where all I do is say you I need to in public and it happens. So am I. I want to lose this to bigamy. So, you know. Oh, bigamy. That's a fun one. Which one of these guys um, is going right, to be my let's client? Go to question number eight. That's, that's the choice. I don't know who. Ooh. <laughs> that's good. I'm also counsel. I make a lousy client. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Rolling into number eight. Who designed Gwyneth Paltrow's dress the night she won her Oscar for Shakespeare in Love? It's generally credited with bringing pink back in style. I can lock in. I'll lock in with a guess. Enthusiastic lock from Amanda. David has locked in. I will also lock in with a guess. Sean, what's your guess? I'm going to take a limb and go Oscar de la Renta. Oscar de la Renta. And over to David. That's a good guess. I'm going to guess Ralph Lauren. And Amanda? I believe it's Dior. Someone is getting points, and it is Ralph Lauren. David oh, picks up a point. Sugar! David is a big fan of Goop, so he knew that one right away. <laughs> I did. He's wearing a jade egg right I now. Have, I have my jaded egg right now. That's such a coincidence. <laughs> I think ours are syncing up, Amanda. David's sitting on a steam box, but you can't really tell. <laughs> Hold on. I have to go light a candle. It smells like, um, I can't remember. Chastity? Indeed. Everybody thinks that word when they see me. It smells like 2005 Coldplay. Um, <laughs> hey, honey, there ain't nothing Coldplay over here. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh, if I could watch the Drag Race finale with you tomorrow, I would. Um, all right. Um, question number nine. Can't be in for that one. I'm just so excited for it. Um, number nine. The winner of the most Oscars for costume design is widely considered to be the look and inspiration for what animated character that appeared in a best animated feature winner. I know this answer, but I can't think of the character's name. I think it's from The Incredibles. And I referenced Edith Head in the last show, so I should know this, but I don't know what her name is in the movie. I think she has like a one word name. I'm going to say it's like Pixie Roxy, Roxy, something like that. That's my guess. Roxy. I guess of Roxy. Um, Amanda. Darling, this is Edna Mode. (laughs) And Sean. 
It is indeed Edna Mode, named for that snappy dresser Edith had. Voiced by Brad Bird, the director, it is Edna Mode from The Incredibles. Looks just like Edith had too. I, totally. I was so lucky there was an actress here in L.A. that did a show, a one-woman show, where you could just come and she had set up a studio just like Edith had studio. And the whole show was you just walking around her studio and you could just ask her questions. Oh, so like a and living museum incredible. thing? Oh. Yeah. She had studied everything about it. Uh, <laughs> I said Edna Moe. Everything about Edith Head, dressed, looked just like her, and just could tell you these stories from the first person. And oh, it was such an amazing show. I just loved it so much. I love living in Wichita so much sometimes. <laughs> Number 10 to wrap up the half. What is the most recent film to win the Best Picture Oscar and be the highest grossing film of the year worldwide? I can lock in. I'm going to take a wild guess and lock. I was I was thinking I'll, I'll, I can talk out loud. I was thinking Avatar, but I think I'm going to go Lord of the Rings. I don't think Avatar won Best Picture. I think I th- I, it, it hasn't happened often. I know Titanic did it, but I, I'm going to say Lord of the Rings Return of the King. And Amanda. I agree. Lord of the Rings Return of the King. Points, points, points. The third Lord of the Rings movie was indeed the most recent to do that. Um, the Hurt Locker beat Avatar, mm-hmm. thankfully. Yes, Catherine Bigelow stuck it to her ex-husband. Boom! <laughs> Patriarchy fell once again. And if uh, it, the precursors are any symbolism of that, uh, we're going to get our second female Best Director winner this year. Oh my god, don't curse it. Everybody knock on some wood, please. I will never forget Tina Fey's joke about this at the uh, at the at the Golden Globes, where she was like, "There's so much controversy around Zero Dark Thirty, but I'll believe everything about torture from the ex-husband." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was like the best. Here, somebody else say it better. It, it was um uh it's. Uh, uh, Zero Dark Thirty is uh, controversial because of its use of torture, but I'll uh, take the word on torture for the woman who is married to James Cameron. I, th- I believe that so was good. It. My, yeah. my personal favorite um, <laughs> my personal favorite Faye Polar joke was from the 2013 Golden Globes in which they say Gravity is a film about how George Clooney would rather float away into space and die than spend one more minute with a woman his own age. My favorite is Meryl Streep isn't here tonight. She has the flu. But I hear she's wonderful in it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they should just host forever. They're so good. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more— We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The Nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? 
Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected, as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. How are our scores looking at the half? Still very, very close, uh, but there is a clear leader at the moment, even though there's uh, 10 questions left. Uh, David with five, Sean has six points, and in the lead right now, Amanda with eight. All righty. You just got some finger guns. Let's move on to question number 11 in what might be is my favorite question of the set. In 1995, a close shave won the animated short Oscar over The Chicken from Outer Space. What two famous animated dogs were the stars of these shorts? Locked in. One of these shorts was part of a collection, not to give any hints away, that we used to watch as uh, rewards when I was in eighth grade, and I became a huge lover of them. Well, seeing as your eighth grade teacher is playing tonight, that's a little bit big of a hint, don't you think? Alrighty, um, David, what are you thinking? I don't know. Um, I'm gonna guess, uh, let's guess, um, let's guess, uh, how about Pluto and, um, how about, like, Ren from Ren and Stimpy? Let's go with that. Pluto and Ren. Amanda? I know for sure a close shave is Gromit, because I love Wallace and Gromit. Um, but the chicken from outer space is just totally... Uh, so I'm just going to say Snoopy. Gromit and Snoopy. And Sean, you locked in very quickly on this one. Yeah, and then realized I misread the question um, <gasps> because I was thinking Gromit. And I'm like, okay, Wallace and Gromit. Wait, no, Wallace is not a dog. Um, so it becomes uh, half a no and half a guess. Uh, I am going to say, I'll say Pluto and Gromit. Why not? A close shave starred Gromit, and the chicken from outer space was the debut of Courage the Cowardly Dog. Oh, you guys might be just a hair too old for it. That was a TV staple of the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, maybe you're too young to write that question. Thank you. <laughs> um, first of all, thank you for complimenting my youth. Um, all right, we're going over to number 12. What man accepted the International Feature Award in 2011 for a separation, but notably chose not to attend the 2016 ceremony, as even though he was invited, his fellow Iranians were victim to Donald Trump's travel ban? Alrighty, Sean, you get to do some thinking. I, I have half a name, so I'm going to guess, and I want to say Karamlu, Karamlu? Is, All right. I'm honestly Remin Carmelo, so that's what I'm going to go with it. It's some variation sure. thereof, unless that's an actress and I'm completely wrong. Um, David. I also had a name in mind. I don't think, I think I'm pronouncing, I'm going to say Far, Fardi, F-A-R-D-I, Faradi. And Amanda. I believe it's Farhadi. It is Oscar Farhadi. 
Neil, a separation I'll, I'll, is is top five of all time for me. Oh my god, that Sara Bayat should have won Best Supporting Actress if there were any justification in the world, but they don't like foreign language performances. Um, I believe they're international feature performances. Um, you're so right. Um, Neil, I'll let you choose whether or not David gets point. I'm fine with leniency, but. Uh, no, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, he had F-A-R-D-I. He was missing the H and A, but he was very close. It's up to you. Your, your question. Yeah. Amanda, would you give him a point? I would. Cause I'm not cowardly like a dog from the nineties. <gasps> Thank you, Amanda. Oh my God. My heart. Call back in my slight defense for the record. Ruben Karamloo is an Iranian actor. Just not remotely connected to any of this. I think my favorite Iranian director is Jafar Panahi. Most people would probably say Abbas Kiarostami. All right, um, we are going to go to number 13. Who won the Oscar for Supporting Actress when Jack Palance said, before reading the winner's name, that that year there were five foreign nominees, four from England and one from Brooklyn? Wow. Okay. I'm trying to think of this year. This is kind of one of those things that it's like, you always remember, oh, yeah, he was the one who did the push-ups and then like brought in the Oscar with Billy Crystal writing it. Um, I think that's 92. So we're looking, so he won a 92, which means we're looking for the best supporting actress of 93. I believe the best picture is okay. Oh, oh, okay. Yes. Well-written question. Yes. Marissa Tomei. Yes. Oh, such a well-written question. Thank you. (laughs) I'm going to say Marissa Tomei. Looking as much like George Costanza as I do, I too have an affinity for Marissa Tomei. <laughs> and David. I, I think I said in our in my first game that I did like Oscar surprises, and this was an upset if I remember right. And I think there's also an urban legend that her name wasn't actually in the envelope, but I'm going to say Marissa Tomei. Points across the board. Marissa Tomei is correct. Yeah, the old urban legend is that Jack Palance misspoke it, misread it, and Oscar was too embarrassed to to fix it. But they proved with the La La Land fiasco that they would indeed stop and come out and fix it if they need to. Marissa Tomei is correct. I think the favorite that year was Vanessa Redgrave for Howard's End. Yeah, uh, made famous by the Howard's End lunchbox given to Corky St. Clair in Waiting for Government. <laughs> oh, my God. Amazing. One of my favorite movies of all time. It's Wasn't so there a my dinner with Andre action figure? There also was in my dinner with Andre, yes. Oh my god, the moment where she's like doing her audition and she's like, Oh, I'm sorry, I had to go back. There's an outlet. I forgot to tell you there's an outlet right here. <laughs> that is one of my favorite <laughs> improv moments of all time. <laughs> um, all right, let's go to question number 14. Except I held up 15 on my hands. Whose only appearance at the Oscars was to give her friend Lawrence Weingarten an honorary award in 1973, saying, quote, I'm living proof that someone can wait 41 years to be unselfish. Also, if it may help, the the ceremony was 74. I did 73 because that's the year of the movies. But if you want your math to make a little more sense, 74. Just putting together the logic of the question, it 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 seems to me like it's somebody who's not a movie star, because why would a movie star have not have been to the Oscars unless they weren't attending for some reason? So I'm going to guess just because the math might make sense to me. It probably doesn't really make sense, actually. I'm just ta- I'm going to I'm going to guess Lucille Ball. Lucille Ball and Sean. I think I've actually seen her Oscars in D.C. because I think she won a couple times. I think it's Catherine Hepburn and Amanda. I agree. I think it's four-time winner Catherine Hepburn, who, who has won the most but never been to a ceremony. 
Kate Hutburn is correct. She uh, she just she's never been the awards really matter type person. And the only time she showed up was to introduce her friend. I'm sorry, Kate. I didn't realize you two knew each other. Oh, we're on a, a, a really, you know, friendly basis. We, we hang out with Spence all the time, you know. <laughs> oh, scandal. Ah, Sean's got a book there. It says Kate. Was that autobiography there? <laughs> no, I think that biography was me, which I have somewhere. This is one of the biographies I have. Mm. <laughs> um, all right, we are to number 15. Ave Satani is one of the odder songs to ever get an Oscar nomination. The Latin chorus singing a song hailing Satan was made by Jerry Goldsmith for what film? You know what? I'm. This is not my night. I'm going to tap. All right, tap. Um, Amanda. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess the film that I think a lot of people don't realize um, was nominated for Best Picture and got a lot of awards, and that's The Exorcist. And David. I thought about The Exorcist, but I think it's another movie from the same sort of time period, another sort of horror movie. I think it's The Omen. It's an incredible song. You should listen to it when you have a second. It's from The Omen. Well done, David. David or Damien? (gasps) (laughs) It's all for you. Um, Which, speaking of all for you, everything is all for you, Neil. Almost of course. Oh, thank you, Ryan. Uh, well, after 15 questions, we have a tie at eight apiece between David and Sean, and three points ahead of them is Amanda with 11. Number 16. What two words did Barbara Streisand say while looking at her statuette at the beginning of her Best Actress speech? It'll have helped to have seen the first minute of the film for which she won. Locked in. I'm locked in. I think she won for funny girl so why don't i just guess that funny girl how about that and over to sean i was gonna say if a man is gonna do the impression probably better no, i was gonna give it to you i was like <laughs> if, if you ask me first i'll just say it normal so you can do it do you want a three two one it <laughs> do it <laughs> sure three two one it three two one hello, hello gorgeous. <laughs> points for amanda and sean it is hello gorgeous which she says to herself in the mirror at the beginning of the film. Uh, I rewatched Funny Girl on Prime a few months ago, and it still holds up uh, pretty well for the most part. It's very much carried by Streisand's charm and performance. And it was also the last, I think, good movie made by William Wyler. Mm, yeah. I used to have Hello Gorgeous as a, a text message alert for about a year uh, when I had like a PDA type phone. I uh, I also had a public display of affection phone that called me gorgeous. <laughs> All right, let's go to question 17. One of Billy Crystal's recurring bits was claiming to be able to read the minds of celebrities in the audience. At the 1999 ceremony, which supporting actor nominee was he reading the mind of when he said, I see white people? I, I mean, I'm trying to think if it's Haley Joel Osment or not, and I... I feel like that's the obvious answer, but I'm going to say Haley Joel Osment unless it's a joke about someone else and I'm just not thinking it through. All right. Um, Haley Joel Osment over to David. I, I, I have the same guess as Sean. I'm going to say Haley Joel Osment, but I, I now, that, now that Sean had that doubt, now I think I'm probably wrong too, but I'll say Haley Joel Osment. And Amanda. I feel a little bit bad about this one because we talked about this at ours and I went like, you know, I should so go watch some of those Billy Crystal bits because I remember them now. And so I just watched some of these and I believe it's Michael Clark Duncan. 
It is Michael Clark Duncan. He was nominated for the Green Mile that year. And, uh, (laughs) you know, when your competition is like Michael Caine and Haley Joel Osment, it doesn't get a lot wider. All right. um, We're moving on to question number 18. Thelma Schoonmacher has a 50-year working relationship with Martin Scorsese. Though only Schoonmacher received a nomination for it, both she and Scorsese worked as film editors on a 1970 documentary about what famous event? Ugh, documentaries are my darling suit. I was hoping this question would be like, what does she do for him? And I was like, ah, oh, she's the editor. She's the greatest um, of all time film editor. Um, beep bop boop boo. Okay, let's see. Uh, a 1970 documentary about what famous event? Um, beep up. What would have been something? I'm just going to say, because it happened in 69, I'll just say the moon landing. I think it's another event from around that time period. I'm going to say Woodstock. And Sean. Yeah, I believe it's a little backyard party known as Woodstock. It was the film called Woodstock. All right. Um, we are to number 19. While most experts thought Dolly Parton would win for her song for Trans America, what rap group took home the original song Oscar, much to presenter Queen Latifah's enthusiasm? I'm going to lock, lock in. in. Yeah, I think this is the Zero Six Mafia. Um, I believe that's right. It's, uh, oh gosh, if I'm saying their name wrong, I hate myself. Because I always remember the joke right after they won. I think the host was like, just everybody remember, Zero Six Mafia has an Oscar. Morton Scorsese says he has none. <laughs> is it Zero Six Mafia? Zero Six? Three Six Mafia? Three Six Mafia. Oh, sugar. Three Six... Oh, Three Six Mafia? Doesn't make any sense. I'm going to say Three Six Mafia. And over to David. Oh, that was that was something to listen to. We were all rooting for you. It's three. I think it's Three Six Mafia. I think you're right. And Sean... That was that was a classic Jonathan Oakes follow to the right answer. Beautiful. Uh, it is three six mafia hard out here for a pimp. It's hard out here for a pimp. Yeah, it is three six mafia. And uh, yes, you were a hundred percent on the joke they made. Three six mafia has an Oscar. Martin Scorsese has none. And I just I just really want to quick thank you thank you for rooting for me. But I believe it said we were rooting for you is what we were looking for. And that's a joke for Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I was rooting for you. No, no, no. Rooting for you. We're rooting for you. Ah, Le- Kamora's a legend. Um the only, you know, nipples through the bodysuit queen of our time. Just to be clear, uh, Neil, I can't remember if you don't watch Drag Race or not, but if you don't watch Drag Race, it was a queen who was in a green screen suit, but still padded and wore boobs in the green screen suit. That that was everything. Kimora Black is an icon. Uh, Kimora Black was season nine. This is Kimora Hall from the House of Hall. See, I told you I was white. What she's can a, I do? She's a Chicago queen, just like Denali. Um, Denali's Love it. lovely. Neil, you need to get up on your Chicago drag. All right, I know. question I know. number was an Alaskan queen, to be fair. But. Twenty. Well, so her name is Denali because she grew up there, but she's based out of Chicago right now, and she's phenomenal. Now, no Chicago queen will ever top Shea Coulee, but that's for another episode. Question number. Here, here. <laughs> question number twenty. The Academy Award for Best Makeup first was first given out in 1981 after several complaints were lodged the year before that what film wasn't recognized for its outstanding work in that realm 
I think I only know that this film came out in 1980 because I recently watched a documentary about somebody. So I think this might be The Elephant Man. And Sean? So that's interesting. I won't change my answer. I was thinking Little Big Man because I feel like that's the one where Dustin Hoffman goes to about 120, if I'm not mistaken. But Amanda, you're probably right. And David? I think that's a great way for Amanda to cap off a victory here today. I I was born in 1980. I'm pretty sure the answer is The Elephant Man. Uh, Produced by Mel Brooks, who wouldn't put his name on the poster so people didn't think it was a comedy. It is The Elephant Man. All right, Neil, the the lovely uh, man behind the scores, who's done a fantastic job these three episodes doing numbers and stuff with them. What's our final standing? All right. Well, our final score tied in second place with 11 points, uh, David and Sean, but today's uh, champion and Oscar winner getting the gold, Amanda with 15 points. Well done. (laughs) I can't believe you like me. (laughs) That was awesome, Ryan. You are quite amazing at writing questions. Those just hit everything in every wheelhouse. And Sean and David, you guys are incredible players. That was that was a lot of fun. I love me some Oscar trivia. <laughs> that was awesome. Well, thank you for um, for playing, Amanda, and congratulations on your win. Uh, we'll start with you. Any final shout outs or anyone you'd like to thank uh, from your make- hair makeup team again or anyone else? Well, I always want to thank um, God who helps me through everything. <laughs> um, I very much want to uh, thank my sister who like also is a huge movie fan and, and is such an inspiration and, and helped me to um, study for this. Okay. I, I see the countdown. I, I, I'm starting to hear the music. Um, I, I, I just, I, I know I'm forgetting a lot of people, but I, I I'm sure I'll thank you later. Um, uh, wow. This thing is heavier than I thought it would be. Um, thank you, Chris Evans for walking me up to the stage and thank you for Regina King being an inspiration to all. Thank you. I'm in love with you. <laughs> what a wonderful speech. Well, thank you very much, Amanda. Congratulations. Let's go to Sean. Uh, you won game one and uh, you perform valiantly here in the final. Uh, any last shout outs from you? Valiantly, I got my clock cleaned, but it was a blast and I'm so glad to have been a part of it. So thank you. Prepare a speech. I will throw it out. Uh, in all seriousness, uh, A, David, we got to thank the lawyers because we never get the thank yous. So, you know, always important. Uh, but really, thank you to everyone who kind of been through the years, from my parents to now my wife, no one who's ever really given a darn about the Oscars, but just kind of let me do me and has let me watch and has let me, you know, make score sheets when I wanted to and let me get the pools when I wanted to and just kind of had a good time. So Sunday I'll be sitting either with my wife, who's very bored doing other things, or by myself in my room, just kind of hanging out. But I'm looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here. We hope you enjoy the ceremonies. Uh, and David, uh, tied with Sean in the end, uh, you uh, won game two, came to the finals, uh, and also uh, performed valiantly. But uh, how are you feeling? And any last shout outs? Oh, I feel great, Neil. I um, the you know It was fun to win game one. I will... I'm going to have people on the listen to the podcast, so I don't look so bad. But the real pleasure of winning game one was getting to play game two with these two great people. And uh, I want to thank uh, uh, my wife and my two kids, my wife, Leanne, my daughter, Gwen, my son, Jacob, for reading me all those Oscar trivia questions over the last couple of days. Um, it, it helped. And um, thank you to everybody at Triviality. This was a lot of fun. 
you are very welcome. Uh, and thank all of you for uh, your Patreon support. Uh, we mentioned it at the top. Uh, couldn't do these bonuses without you. And it's so nice to interact with uh, new people every time we get to do an episode and get to meet all of you um, who are listeners. And we really appreciate all of your support, uh, especially through the years. Uh, and Ryan, uh, wonderful job writing these questions. Uh, they, they covered all different aspects of the Oscars. Uh, and you were the perfect person for the job. So uh, any last words from you, my friend? Uh, no, just to quote Joe Pesci's lengthy Oscar speech, it's a privilege. Thank you. Beautifully said. Uh, well, I do want to thank Ben, David, Anne, Sean, Ryan, and Amanda for joining us on this tournament. A big thank you to uh, Ryan Myers for writing the questions. And to end it with a little bit of trivia um, I, I want to thank someone who is the only person thanked uh, pretty much more than God at the Oscars throughout history, and that is Steven Spielberg. Thank you, Steven Spielberg. My name is Neil, and that was Triviality. Calling all trivia nerds, Brittany here, and I host the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast with my best friend, Meredith. Is your next car ride looking like a snooze fest? <laughs> We've got The Cure, three rounds of awesome trivia every week. Harry Potter, Disney, science, sports, you name it. No more silent car troubles. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Connect, laugh, and learn with your kids, big and small. <laughs> New episodes every week, wherever you get your podcasts, search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast.